Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I've lived in Washington, D.C. for a big chunk of my adult life, so I'm really familiar with the sounds of that city. At one point, I even created a poll asking Washingtonians what the most iconic sound in D.C. was, and the overwhelming answer was this. Doors opening, step back to allow customers to exit. When boarding, please move to the center of the car. That's the friendly voice you hear on the DC Metro trains. Those recordings were made in 2006 when the city decided to update their announcements. To choose the new voice, they held a contest where people could submit recordings of themselves. The person they chose was a native Washingtonian named Randy Miller, who beat out over 1,200 applicants from around the country. And once thousands of people started hearing Randy's voice every day, she became kind of a local celebrity. For me, those announcements were such a comforting, quintessential part of living in D.C. Step back, doors closing. A few years ago, I was on another podcast called The Big Listen, talking to host Lauren Ober about the sounds of the city. We met up in D.C.'s Union Station, went down into the metro, hopped on one of the brand new trains, then heard this. Step back, doors closing. That's not the right voice. No. On the 7000 series, they got rid of her. That's a... That's a robot that voice. That is a robot voice. That is very disappointing. I'm just finding this out right now. Well, this is a glimpse of our future, isn't it? Wow. I, I, I had no idea. As you can hear, I was pretty heartbroken to learn that this voice that Washingtonians overwhelmingly described as the most recognizable sound in D.C. was gone. This beautiful, human voice had been replaced with text-to-speech. Doors opening. Step back to allow customers to exit. When boarding, please move to the center of the car. But on the train that day, Lauren and I seemed to be the only ones who cared. So I think people don't care because they don't know the stories behind mm-hmm. these, these sounds and the thought process like that thing on the metro was thought out well. It's a beautiful chime. The voice is beautiful. The tone is perfect. But whenever we sterilize our sounds because somebody just doesn't care, we're losing something. That experience stuck with me. And it got me thinking about the people behind some of the other train announcements around the world. These voices are deeply ingrained in people's lives. They're a comforting constant in a busy and sometimes frightening world. And yet, hardly anyone knows who these voices belong to. I want to hear their stories, preferably before they get replaced by robots. And I knew the perfect person to ask. Hey, Martin. Hey, Dallas. How's it going? Pretty good. 
So you've written a bunch of episodes for our show, but you've actually never reported one before. So would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. I'm Martin Austrick. I'm a producer and musician based out of London, England. But before I was a producer, I had a real job in an office. And I had to commute into central London and back home every day, five days a week, for over 10 years. So I heard a lot of these announcements. The next train to arrive alongside Platform 2 is a district line service. I've also spent lots of time in New York City. And over there, there's one particular announcement that I heard over and over. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. My name is Charlie Pellet, and I'm a radio reporter in New York, but I'm also known as the Stand Clear of the Closing Doors, Please guy. Charlie Pellet has had a very, very interesting career. His story starts right here in London, the city where Charlie was born. Originally, I am from the United Kingdom, and indeed I've still got some family living over in England from London, North London, East Finchley... My dad absolutely loved trains, and England has an absolutely glorious history when it comes to rail. And I I remember one of my first experiences with steam. By the time, you know, I was growing up in England, steam was a thing of the past for the most part. But I remember entering a contest sponsored by an ice cream company. You could send in an entry and you could get on a ride with you and a couple of family members on a steam train. And I thought this was so unbelievably cool. Okay, Martin. So I'm no expert in sociolinguistics, but Charlie doesn't sound very British to my ears. Well, when Charlie moved to the United States as a child, he found his English accent wasn't really an asset. British accent when I first came over here, and uh, kids made fun of me for having an English accent, so I did everything that I could to get rid of that English accent. How did I do that? Listening to people on the radio in America. 506 at JHJ, this is Charlie Tuna. You want beautiful, enchanting eyes. You want eyes with a lash bright look. Lash bright is the special eye makeup that makes you feel special. Back in the days of AM radio, Charlie could tune in at night and hear stations and accents from across the United States. Here in America, depending on atmospheric conditions, depending on the time of the year, and especially at night, you can pull in all sorts of radio stations from various cities way beyond your traditional local listening area. This is KJR. You're listening to the good sound of music spectacular. But that basically is why and how I spent so much time listening to the radio. And I think listeners to this would agree that, you know what? I think the guy did wind up with a pretty good American accent. Charlie's experiences as a young radio fan had a pretty long-lasting effect on his choice of careers. Well, I had a you know pretty good career as a radio DJ at one point in my career. Did that for a couple of years. Came to New York, had an off-air job at an all-news radio station. This was when his love of trains and his talent as a voice performer finally came together. Two decades ago, plus, I had a couple of co-workers who went on holiday from New York over to the United Kingdom. And they came back and they were hit by how clear the announcements were in the London Underground. 
Stand clear of the doors, please. And they came back and said, what can we do to get clearer announcements in New York City? Charlie says that at the time, there weren't any automated announcements on the New York subway at all. Stand clear of the closing doors, please, would be announced by staff at each station. Sometimes they were very clear, and other times, not so much. Somebody within our company knew somebody at the transit agency and placed a call essentially saying, what can we do to get a better sounding subway system? And they said, funny you should mention that because we're in the process of rolling out some new subway cars and we'd love to have some voices try out. So a bunch of us at work were asked to audition, I guess, in retrospect for the role of these subways and the subway announcements. Charlie doesn't remember much about the session, except that it was fast. It had to be. I was in the session with Steve, the engineer, and uh, essentially the two of us were like, you know, we've got other things to do right now. Can we move the process along? I remember Steve said, okay, let's go. And I said, stand clear of the closing doors, please. What you hear in the New York City subway system today is the first take that I did with Steve. There was never any going back. There was never any revision. There was never any, can you change this? It was the first take. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. And that is what sticks today in the New York City subway system. Of course, at the time, Charlie didn't know for sure that they were going to use his voice at all. As far as he was concerned, he was trying out. We didn't know if any of this was ever going to stick or if any of this was ever going to be used. And then one day got a call where they said, we've put your voice on some of the subway cars. If you'd like to travel up to one of the train yards in the Bronx and, and listen to what we've got, you're welcome to. And I got up and the first time you ever get into a brand new subway car, it's like picking up a new car. It's got that new subway car smell to it. And lo and behold, they played the announcement. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. And it almost brought a tear to my eye. I couldn't believe it. I said, oh my God, this is real. This is this possibly is going to happen. And one by one, they rolled out the trains and there were the announcements. And they've stuck with the announcement for roughly two decades. If you ride the subway today, you'll hear Charlie saying things like, Ladies and gentlemen, for your safety, please do not lean against the doors. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last stop on this train. Everyone, please leave the train. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with MTA New York City Transit. But 20 years on, there are still things that annoy him about his own performance that day. There are announcements that I hear today, some of which I just dislike. There's a, a really large interchange here in New York at Times Square where it seems like almost all of the subway lines come together. So it's transfer is available to the one, seven, A, B, C, D, E, F, M, N, Q, R, and W trains. And whenever I hear that announcement, it always bothers me because I sound like I'm talking in a computer voice and it, it just doesn't flow like a human being. It's just not conversational. So I really dislike that announcement and wish it could be changed. Despite Charlie's perfectionism about his own performance, being the voice of the subway has led to some amazing opportunities. 
It's been an absolutely amazing, enjoyable ride. I had a TV appearance that came out of this uh, with a fellow here in New York on the late night show, The Conan Show. I thought of a couple of other phrases I've always wanted to hear in your voice. Do you mind? Can you do it right now? Next stop, Funky Town. Hey, girl, you up? Even got a Broadway appearance cameo out of this. There was a show that ran for a couple of months here in New York called In Transit. Charlie went to see the show on his birthday, and he got called up on stage. We have a very special guest in the audience today. It's a special day because, first and foremost, it's his birthday. But second of all, um, very special to us here at In Transit, and anyone else who's ever been on the New York City subway? Um, Charlie Kellett, would you come on up? For all of the visitors to New York, and for all New Yorkers, there are seven words that I'm known for. Stand clear of the closing door. In 2020, Charlie dipped his toe into pop stardom. The name of the band is called AJR, and when they were starting out, they would perform in the New York City subway system. They did a video that was a mashup of the Stand Clear of the Closing Doors announcement with the bing bong that we have here in New York. We're New York born and raised, okay? So, we thought we'd try a very, very New York remix for you. Even though it sound like this. And they then mixed in Alicia Keys' song, Living in New York. It brought a tear to my eye when I heard this thing. I was like, oh, my God, you know, here's this kid who grew up in England, came to the United States, became an American citizen, gets to be the voice of the greatest underground system in the world. The bottom line is that I sent them a note just saying, you guys brought a tear to my eye. I'm just so overjoyed, so delighted by this song. Thank you very much. And then must have been a year later or something like that. They got back to me saying, you know, hey, we're we're in the process of putting together a song. And they asked me if I would record these lines, and I did. The name of the song that I'm on, by the way, is called Bang. Here we go. So put your best face on everybody. The here we go part. You know, you can figure out how that would fit into a song. Bang was a Billboard Top 10 hit. Its video has over 50 million views on YouTube. Here we go. Charlie loves being an announcer for the New York subway, but he does take inspiration from an even older underground train system. As a kid growing up in London, there was the announcement that stuck with me forever. Mind the gap. If you've ever travelled on the London Underground, you'll have heard that line. It's a very polite British way of saying, don't fall off the train onto the tracks. And for almost two decades now, that iconic little safety tip has sounded like this. Mind the gap, please. That version was actually recorded by one half of a tube announcement power couple. Here's the other half. Please stand clear of the closing doors. Most of the time, wherever you hear me, you hear Phil, my husband, who has the most iconic announcement of them all because he's Mind the Gap. That's coming up, but before you hear it... Mind the gap between the show and our sponsors. (laughs) 
Congratulations to Eric Gonzalez for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That's the chime that plays before the doors close on the Montreal Metro. The sound is based on the tones that are produced by the traction motors of MR-73 trains, which are still common in Montreal. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that is, then visit the web address mystery.20k.org and submit your answer. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win one of our world-famous Supersoft 20K t-shirts. Charlie Pellet is the friendly voice who reminds millions of New Yorkers to Stand clear of the closing doors, please. But before the pop stardom and the Broadway musicals and the late night shows, he was just a British kid taking trips on the tube. And every time he did, he would hear a voice warning him to Mind the gap. That announcement, which I remember from the 60s vividly, if that job ever becomes available, mind the gap. I would love to do that. When Charlie was young, he probably would have heard the version of Mind the Gap that was recorded by Peter Lodge. The thing is, Peter wasn't a voiceover artist. He was a sound engineer who got the gig completely by chance. In the late 60s, Peter's studio had been booked by an actor who was going to record a new tube announcement. Before the actor arrived, Peter set up his equipment and tested it by recording a few Mind the Gaps of his own. What happened next was explained in an old segment on Thames News. Unbeknownst to him, there'd been a row over the actor's repeat fees and the company decided not to use him. But by sheer chance, they happened to hear Peter mellifluously intoning Mind of the Gap and a star was born. Peter's version was used for many years. But the Mind the Gap you hear nowadays was recorded by Phil Sayer. Mind the Gap, please. He also recorded lines like This train will terminate here. But Phil's not the only voice you'll hear on the tube. Calling at all stations to Mansion House by Victoria and Embankment. I'm Eleanor Hamilton. I'm a voiceover artist. Phil Sayer and Eleanor Hamilton were a rare husband and wife announcer team. They met in Bolton in the north of England when they were DJs on the same local radio station. We were both doing a radio show and um, and there was an hour of non-stop music between my show and Phil's show and we sort of just got to know each other and every week we'd sort of get to know each other a bit more and just chat, we were just friends and it ended up becoming a little bit more than that as clearly, you know, the twins make it quite obvious that <laughs> more happened later. Beyond their jobs as radio DJs, Phil and Eleanor both did some commercial voiceover work and after they got together they started recording together as well. So we, we became a, a voiceover couple, which, of course, when you listen to radio adverts and things, it's quite handy having a male and a female in the same place at the same time because then they can bounce off each other instead of having to record one in their home studio and somebody else 200 miles away in their home studio. Gerald and I have just bought a new Mazda 5 TS2. It's perfect for weekends away. There's so much space for the essentials. Suitcases. Stove. Windbreaker. Maid's outfit. Icebox. Torch. So I think for us, the business took off quite well. So we weren't just recording radio commercials or train announcements. We were kind of doing anything that required a voice. And yeah, I've, I've, I've locked myself in a padded room every day since. One of Phil Sayer's early roles was being the voice announcing trains in many of the stations across England. 
Not the underground trains, but the train system that runs across the whole country. Until this century, most people just called that British Rail. Phil was the voice of British Rail for years and years and years, long before I met him. In fact, when she was young, she remembers hearing Phil's voice coming out of the British Rail speaker. In the UK, we often call those loudspeakers on train platforms tannoys, after a UK company that built loudspeakers and public address systems. We're sorry to announce that the 8.30 service to Horsforth is delayed. I was still a schoolgirl, um, shouting at the tannoy at Burley Park Station in Leeds, going, it's not Horsforth, it's Horsforth, you idiot man. Um, and then, you know, a few years later, <laughs> ended up being married to him. With Phil's experience as the voice of British Rail, he was a natural choice to become the new voice of the London Tube. And I think it was really Phil that they wanted, and then they found out that, oh, he's, got, he's married to some woman who also speaks into a microphone for a living. Let's ask her to audition too. So I think that's how we got the job, and that was in 2005. It must have been 2005, because I'd just given birth to twins when I'm sitting there trying to feed two babies and thinking, oh, God, this is the last thing I need. But, yeah, it all worked fine. Phil still got the more important announcements, like the big one. Mind the gap, please. Yeah, you know, anything that's that you really, really need to know because it's a matter of life and death, they gave to Phil. Your attention, please. This is a security announcement. For safety reasons, please do not leave your luggage or other items unattended in any part of the station. Because I think, again, the, the, the male voice is the one that supposedly is the one that people listen to, whereas we women just get ignored. You're just going to give us the, the fluffy, pretty kind of, oh, you want to be going in that direction, love. OK. There is a good service operating on all London underground lines. Eleanor's train announcer voice isn't quite the same as her civilian voice. I suppose I put on my, my normal working voice, which is the, the standard RP, which most people ask for. RP stands for Received Pronunciation. For many years, people in the UK were told it was the proper way to speak if you wanted to sound high class. It's the way you spoke if you wanted to be on the BBC. Now, things have changed quite a lot. You'll hear more accents from different parts of the UK on TV and radio now. But things don't always change quickly. And in 2005, RP was still popular. So obviously, as I'm talking to you, I've got a bit of a light northern accent because I've always lived in the north. But if you put a script in front of me, I can quite easily turn it off. Um, and that's what I do. The next train to Heathrow, terminals one, two and three, will depart in five minutes. Something like that, really flat. Here's Phil describing how he finds his announcer voice in an interview with the Daily Mail. When you start to feel slightly ridiculous in yourself, you're probably just about getting it right. All it is is actually just a very exaggerated version of your real self. That's right! If you're a tube announcer, you occasionally have to top up your announcements because a new station has opened or a route has changed. And matching your latest recording with a recording you did 15 or 20 years ago can be a real challenge. When I do top up the tube announcements, I sort of have to channel my inner tired mother of newborns and um, step away from the microphone a bit and just sound a bit more tired because otherwise it won't match. Well, you can top up the recordings for the subway system, but there's only so much you can change what you sound like. And unfortunately, not everyone is going to like how you sound. Here's Charlie Pellet again. 
just as these announcements were rolling out, I was in the subway car. There was one or two other people in there. And all of a sudden, the voice, my voice came over the PA system saying, stand clear of the closing doors, please. And the guy looked up the speaker and said, shut up, Mr. North Dakota. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, okay, now what he meant by that was you didn't sound like you were from New York. For people who are not from America, a North Dakotan accent is, I would suggest, not a very specific accent, just sounds like a regular American accent. And uh, I think that's what he was trying to convey. We all use our own style and we, and obviously we, we adapt a little bit as we go on. But, you know, 40 years ago, everyone would have been talking in a terribly pathé sort of style. British trains, for example, with their proud history, are today setting new standards in comfort and performance. And the way I speak now is not going to be popular in 20 years from now. You know, I have to accept that however people speak in the future is probably not going to match how I speak. Now, obviously, Phil and I are, are quite, I suppose we sound relatively ageless. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we're just clear. Apart from today's planned engineering works, there are no other reported delays. An at-seat trolley service of drinks and light refreshments is available on this service. But I think one day those announcements will sound quite old-fashioned. Phil and Eleanor worked on voiceovers together for many years. But sadly, Phil developed cancer and died in April of 2016. The following day after he died, and, and it was... You know, death, death's horrible anyway, but death from cancer, I, I just think, is, is horrible and it's undignified and it, it's, a, it's a, an awful thing to go through. So this shriveled up little shell of a man that I'd married 15 years before, what I remembered was this poor little bald skeleton in a bed. But then the following day, the news outlets got hold of the story of, oh, the Mind the Gap man has died. And then all over the press, there were these videos and recordings of this very healthy, sometimes slightly overweight man kind of prancing about in front of a camera and in front of a microphone. And I think, oh, my God. You know, and it, in some ways, it was it was so lovely to be reminded of that person. But the, it was just a, a really strange process because then it was as if he hadn't died at all. And I'd go to the tube from time to time and make an effort to go to a station and hear him. Platform 3 for the 0910 cross-country service to Manchester Piccadilly. And it was, it was lovely. It was really, really lovely. But then what would happen would be that people on Twitter would then tag me in tweets going, oh, you'll never guess what Phil Say has been removed from Waterloo. And I'd think, oh, I didn't need to know that. And every single time he was removed from a station, it made me sad, <laughs> you know, it made me really, really sad. And it was like, instead of just letting him die, I had to, I, oh, I think people didn't realise that they were hurting me by saying these things. For Eleanor, having those audio reminders made mourning much more complicated. It was really odd. And it's it's a really strange one because obviously 
having been a, a young widow, I, I know that a lot of people that I then connected with who were also widowed that would have given anything to have heard their husband's voice again. So I totally got how lucky I was to be able to have all this material because it wasn't just the train announcements that had been fully edited. I had hours and hours and hours of recordings of sometimes him and me in the studio. We've got outtakes and all sorts of things. Or email jobs at gosouthcoast.co.uk. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll just do that. Okay. Sorry. You can edit that, can you? Amateur. But the downside of that, I think, was that when I heard him, it was as if he'd never gone anywhere. Now that some time has passed since his death, she feels a different connection to the voice of her late husband. My partner, who I'm with now, he works in London. He's the station where he works. Apparently, I'm there following him around. And as far as I know, Phil is as well, because wherever you hear me, you'll probably hear Phil. So I think it's nice, you know, Ed, my, my partner loves it that Phil and I both kind of guide him along his journey where he needs to go. He feels very much looked after by both of us, which is, which is really nice. When I asked her what her dream job as a train announcer was, she knew immediately. My train-loving son is a, uh, a volunteer travelling ticket inspector on the East Langs Railway, so maybe I'd like to announce those so that I could just annoy him wherever he goes. Um, any train that he works on, I'd quite like to be the announcer of, <laughs> just so he can never get away from me. There's something amazing about how these voiceover artists are part of the background of people's lives, day after day. It might seem like a small thing, but over time, small things can mean a lot. As we tape our conversation, it's right around 9-11 time. After 9-11, and forgive me because I always get choked up talking about 9-11, but I can't remember the number of people who just said they felt comforted when they heard my voice. It was the one constant that they had in life. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to flatter myself into thinking that it's that important. But, you know, these stable, constant things are important. You get used to them and uh, becomes a regular part in your life. There's definitely a feeling of satisfaction. It's quite lovely, actually, not being famous and not wanting to be famous, but sitting quietly on a station platform and thinking, that's my voice that's coming out of that speaker and nobody knows. These voices might seem anonymous, but it's useful to remember there are real people behind them. We're all human beings, aren't we? We all have a story and we're paid to sound almost emotionless. We're paid to sound like we're matter of fact, we're just giving the facts. But actually beyond those facts, beneath those facts, there's a whole heart and soul that's sometimes been torn apart and put back together again. For people like Eleanor and Charlie, being the voice of the transit isn't just a job. It's their passion. It's something to be proud of. Even if they know that someday their voices will probably get replaced. It's a lovely thing to be able to communicate with people. And if you can be paid to communicate and to do that as your job, we're very lucky. 
I think anybody that's had a, a long-term gig is always going to be sad when it goes, but nothing can last forever. And what a, an amazing thing to be able to say, well, I was the voice of, you know, how many people can do that? You know, a small handful, if that. There's only one New York City subway system. For the past 20 years, there's only been one stand clear of the closing doors guy. And even if and when I get replaced, I'll always be the first. It's that simple. I will have been the first. Twenty Thousand Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. Give your ears a treat by following DeFacto Sound on Instagram. This episode was written and reported by Martin Ostrick. It was story edited by Casey Emerling, with help from Sam Reinbold, with original music by Wesley Slover. It was sound designed and mixed by Ryan Monette. Thanks to Charlie Pellet for joining us. In addition to hearing his voice on the New York subway, you can hear Charlie on Bloomberg Radio. And thanks also to Eleanor Hamilton, who hosts her own podcast called Tales from the Tannoy. The show tells true stories behind the anonymous voices we hear every day. You can subscribe to Tales from the Tannoy right here in your podcast player. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last stop on the train. Please leave the train. Thanks for listening.